This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we return to Highclere Castle Gin to celebrate 100 years since the tomb of King Tut was unearthed with their brand new limited edition barrel aged gin. We also talk about the future of the company, all of the awards they've won, and just kind of chat about the five year anniversary of the Lords of Grantham. So enjoy. I can buy myself Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back once again at Highclere Castle Gin and Cigar with Adam Von Gukin, the CEO. And uh, we have some exciting stuff to talk about today. So how's everything going? Adam. Awesome. It's good to be back with you guys. It's nice to have you here and back. Yes, we were here. So we did, before the pandemic, we came over in 2019, then disappeared for three years, and then came (laughs) back like six months ago. That's right. This is... This is great. This is this is a good relationship we got going on. A hundred percent. Well, you're always most welcome. This is our our this office here in, in Connecticut is kind of our little high Claire away from high Claire. Yes, and indeed. I, and I like it when you come back because you guys get the sneak peeks that a lot of people don't get and what we're developing next or what we've done. So we'll be drinking some fun things today. I am excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I, th- I think last time we were here over the summer, you had just shown us this uh, bottle uh, for the King Tut. Um, celebration of yep. High Clear Castle. And, and now it's finally out there. People can get a, a hold of this, right? Yeah, it's available on our website, HighClearCastleGin.com, of course. And uh, yeah, but it's it's been two years in the works. And, and mm-hmm. it's fun because many people don't know the very intense connection that High Clear has with the discovery of King Tut's tomb. But 100 years ago, last year, 2022, um, 100 years before that, Lord Carnarvon's great-grandfather left Highclere Castle for the ancient sands of Egypt. And he partnered with archaeologist Howard Carter to finance and begin digging. And that was, that was something that a lot of kind of aristocrats of the time did in Egypt. They were fascinated with ancient Egypt and they wanted to go out there and kind of seek ve- adventure and glory and you know gold and all those kind of fun things. And so he went there, and, and in 1922, they discovered archaeology's greatest discovery, the, the tomb of King Tutankhamun. And so we had to pay homage to that. But how do you do that from a, from a liquor brand perspective, right? That was the challenge. Yeah, so what kind of gin can people expect here with this bottle? So it's a gold bottle, just to describe it. Yes. But, and yeah, it's that, not the traditional High Clear Castle gin. Yeah, um, last time we were here, and we'll link to that episode if this is your first time hearing it, as not to waste your time, we thoroughly dissected this bottle and the glyphs on it and the translations on it. So we'll link back to that episode. It's a fantastic episode. Um, but we did not taste the gin. So we can right. talk about what's inside this beautiful gold bottle with a bejeweled bottle. <laughs> we can see what's on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so obviously the, the base ingredient for it is simply Heichler Castle gin. But what I did was I sought out uh, 50-year-old Armagnac casks from France, Scotch whiskey barrels from Scotland, and new unused American oak barrels that you would traditionally use to age bourbon in. So we sent these three groups of casks off to England and filled them with Heichler gin for two years where they slept. And to be honest, it was a bit of a gamble because I had a theory of where the flavor profile would go, but I didn't know if it would end up incredible or be average and if it was average we'd be drinking it ourselves in the office and at the castle instead of putting it for sale but we we struck it very lucky and when I tasted this final batch about four months ago before we launched it I said my god we did it and I think you're underselling a little bit how much of a gamble that must have been because I mean 2020 when you must have started this planning for this you know yeah the pandemic was in full effect so you were still trying to grow high clear castle gin so I'm right. sure that was a bit of like should we do this should we not but it's an important event. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it was it was stressful and it was really expensive. I mean, we, we spared no expense. As you mentioned, the bottle alone was really intense to develop that. We did it in partnership with the Egyptologists in Yale, from Yale. Uh, but of course, the juice is all that matters, right? And, and that idea, bar- barrel-aged gin is not very common 
and the, the couples I, I've had were kind of just smoky. And adding smoke to gin sometimes could work, sometimes can't. But because Highclere Castle gin is so citrus forward from the orangery behind the castle, and there's a touch of kind of floral aromatics to it from the lavender from the Wald Monk's Garden. And, and because we've got the oats in there, you know, we're the first gin to ever use oats, and the oats mm-hmm. are grown on the Highclere estate for thoroughbred racehorses. The, the, the whole composure kind of lends itself really well to a light oaking. And because the Scotch whiskey barrels have that smoky peatiness that Scotch has, Armagnac has this kind of sweet, leathery kind of depth to it. And bourbon has that beautiful, those beautiful kind of caramel vanilla notes mm-hmm. that rest on top. The, the, the way that the gin was able to take those flavors out of the wood and infuse them into it has resulted in this very, as you can see in your glass, very beautiful golden coloration, very kind of rich mouthfeel that you should taste right now. All right, let's do it. So cheers. 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 To King Tut. Yeah. Yeah. 100 years. That's fantastic. That's yeah. one sip. You can you can taste and smell the traces of the original High Clear Castle Gin. Yeah. Just the way it's enriched with these additional flavors. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I know you said smoky is something that you don't, you know, don't want to solely lo- right. rely on. Right. But that's a it hits you and as an amateur gin drinker, you know, High Clear is probably my my gold medal. I know you have a million others, but it's good to have a nice like, oh, this is what this tastes like if you mess with it like that. Yeah, totally. And, and what was your selection process like? Like, How many types of flavors did you have to try out before you landed on, upon this selection that we have right here? Well, we did kind of a variety of experiments and trials. The thing is about using two groups of spent whiskey barrels and one new one, I didn't really know where it would go or how long it would take to get there. Yeah. What I knew first and foremost and what we experimented with was the new American oak mm-hmm. because I kind of knew where that would go. Like I knew, I, I know that well. I know that flavor direction really well from a whiskey that we produced here in Connecticut, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago. So I kind of knew where that would get us, which is that kind of that vanilla, that young oak, that kind of vibrant, that vibrant oak kind of, you know, um, caramel vanilla sweetness. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew that that would lend itself well to the citrus flavor profile of Highclere. The experiment was really on the Scotch and Armagnac side. Um, and even even less so on the Armagnac because being 50 years old, I knew I wasn't going to get a ton of flavor, mm-hmm. just lend some of it to it. The Scotch whiskey was the gamble. But again, I mean, what's like, the, the, who makes brown spirits better than anyone in the world? The Scotch, the French, and the Americans. I mean, yeah. that's just the bottom line and that's been that way for a long, long time. So I knew that those barrels, my hope was that none of those groupings would mm-hmm. ruin it. When we tasted it, I suspected we would have to have a very small ratio of scotch yeah. or, the, or the Armagnac. But as we got blending and we started playing with ratios, I found that an equal blend of the three was absolutely na- was what nailed it. And so we went with the equal blend of the three. And, and what kind of input did uh, the Carnarvons have in this? Well, um, you know, this last year was kind of t- a tough one. And before that, it was COVID, right? So I didn't get to the castle a lot and they didn't get to the States a lot. So there was some mailing of samplings. And then you may remember that Lord Carnarvon was here back in the summer. Mm-hmm. And so we did some tastings of kind of what we were dialing for our final batch. And of course, you know, they loved it and we're really excited about it too. Again, even in the UK, barrel-aged gin is not something you see. Oh, no. <laughs> so they, they think I'm always maybe a little bit crazy with what I'm trying to do. But uh, they're, they're, they're so amazing and always in full support. And, uh, and now they're proudly selling it at the Castle Gift Shop as well. That's great. So, yeah, are they doing anything there currently for the celebration of the Tutankhamun? Common? Like, well, Lord Lady Cadarvin were invited to Egypt, so they 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 had a couple big uh, moments last year. Uh, first of all, Lady Cadarvin was asked to be the godmother to the Viking Mars. Was it the Viking Mars, which is going to be docked in Malta, but was in Egypt? I think. I think. I think I'm getting it right. So she's the godmother to that to that Viking cruise ship um, oh, to okay. commemorate the kind of whole. You know, thing, thing around Egypt and the and the and the, and the um, centennial anniversary. Uh, did you did she smash a bottle of yeah that oh that whole thing. Castle over it? It was champagne. <laughs> okay, yeah. all, right, all right. I listen. Boat people are very particular about their you know good luck and bad luck things, and, and it's got to be bubbling. And you know, a bottle Heikler is not going to shatter if you smash. But that's it. also a good point. Like <laughs> yeah. you'd have to smash that thing with an actual yacht to get it to like you know. <laughs> but blast. but then they did go off to Egypt uh, at the at the invitation of the government to celebrate the the occasion as well. So and and. 
while we're on the subject of the inspiration, is there any inspiration to Tutankhamen in the bottle, in the liquid that we're drinking? Well, I guess in the sense that if you think about the smells and the aromas of what the royal palace might have smelled like, right? The mm-hmm. courtyard would have been full of flowers like lavenders, which were also grown for medicinal purposes. There would have been citrus um plants along the banks of the Nile, mm. right? There would have been the smoke of incense or senecher, as we King call it. was our... a whiskey guy also too, right? <laughs> yeah, well, they yeah. didn't have spirits. They, <laughs> no, they were I drinking spirits. kidding. <laughs> but, but wine and beer, you know? Mm-hmm. But I guess as you ask about that, like, yeah, I mean, from the, color, from the golden color of the liquid to the kind of beautiful smells of the palace, kind of, right? Like yeah. the, the, the royal kind of uh, pharaoh's palace probably would have had elements of these kind of floral, citrus, smoky, happening all at once. Yeah, and I mean, they love gold there, and there is something pretty incredible about the visual here that you have this gold bottle, and what comes out is this golden-colored, <clears throat> uh, you know, drink to, to have. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is pretty neat. We, we were lucky there as well. We didn't know how much color it would impart, but we got this kind of golden champagne kind of color that I think is really elegant. Color matters, too. You know, it's to the eyes, but we still appreciate it when we're drinking Oh, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that, like... When you're a kid and you get the like green soda bottle and you pour it out, the sprite is white. Hey, that, that carries into adulthood, regardless of what you want to say. That's right. Although I'm proud to say Hiker Castle Gin itself is not purple. Oh, yeah. But if it was and you said it's the lavender is made of purple, no one would complain. Would yeah, I don't know about taste. that. I might complain. Hey. Well, thankfully, it's not. Yes, thank God. And do you have any suggestions of uh, things to pair this with, or like you know? This like- is, I mean, as you guys can tell from sipping it, th- this is truly a sipping gin, a yeah. sipping whiskey. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want to the, the the amount of effort and the cost mm-hmm. that went into making this. You want to enjoy it in its purest form. Yeah, a drop of water. I like a couple ice cubes. Um, Renee here in the office makes me a really glorious martini with orange bitters. So there's nothing really in this but shaken with ice and some orange bitters um, and a little bit of vermouth, a little dry, very good quality dry vermouth. This is exceptional. It's my favorite cocktail like in the world right now. Mm-hmm. I wanted you guys to taste it really purely. Um, but beyond that, that in, you know, listen, it's going to be gorgeous in a Negroni, mm-hmm. but why ruin it with yeah, all those yeah. overlaying flavors? Like keep it simple, keep it elegant. And I know we had briefly discussed this last time we were here. There's also a cigar that goes with this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is the box right here. That's the box, okay. This is the wow. box, yeah. <laughs> so this this box, uh, so, the, so this is called the High Clare Castle Sinecture. It's all sold out already. Mm-hmm. It's about $400 for a box of 12 of these. Oh, wow. It is the most expensive tobacco that you can source out of Nicaragua. And I, I was inspired by the name Sinecture because... Sinecher is the ancient Egyptian word for incense or that which makes holy, mm-hmm. also be meaning like from the gods. So the ancient Egyptians did not smoke. Lord Carnarvon enjoyed his cigars while he was in Egypt, for mm-hmm. sure, but the Egyptians did not smoke tobacco. They didn't have it. They would sit over a like a dish of incense, Sinecher, and they would breathe it in, and that would they believed that that would kind of make them holy. I don't know if there was other magic dust they threw in there to go on a little you know, hey, journey yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I don't know about any of that, but they, they would sit over it and kind of breathe it in. So I, we called it Sinecher as kind of an homage to that. And this box that you said looks like a tomb kind of. Actually, this is a very traditional ancient Egyptian storage box shape. So there were many of these stacked up in the corner of Tut's tomb, that includes the four little legs and the sloped kind of sliding top and these two little knobs. So we actually went very traditional with this in the sense that this is just a very ordinary ancient Egyptian box. And we wanted to keep it, you know, as with everything, we try to do very authentic, very real, very kind of understated and, mm-hmm. and just genuine, you know. And just a question for you. Uh, you obviously have an, an immense knowledge of Highclere Castle, of the, the lore and the, the tales of the Carnarvons and their family. Was this experience of going full on into King Tut? Were you an Egypt nerd? Did you like the mummy? Are you a Brendan Fraser guy? Hundred percent. So did, this is all in your wheelhouse. Literally, like this is a, like my inner amateur Egyptology geek nerd come true, like dream come true. Like, like I, <laughs> I, I think I, I made a bigger deal out of it amongst the office than than uh, any than anybody really saw coming because. What a special thing that we can all, all of us in the High Clare world, Downton Abbey mm-hmm. world, be a part of such a very special moment in human history that kind of tie back to 
you know, Tutankhamun and the discovery of his tomb. I mean, Lord Carnarvon like literally found items between the library and I believe it was the music room where there was like a cupboard where he found stuff that his great grandfather just stashed in there. <laughs> and like nobody thought anything of it. I mean, like old cigar tins and cigarette tins and things like that. And little you know, tchotchkes found from a variety of tombs or whatever. But it's just for me to have that level of connection with, with arguably one of the greatest discoveries in, in, in human history and archaeology. I just thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. So I had, to, I had to do something big. I had to do something really fun, really awesome, and also like as historically accurate as we could do. Yeah, yeah. And I know like when, when we first met and when this brand first started, you made a connection with the Carnarvons. Downton Abbey is still kind of in the pop culture zeitgeist. Not that it's ever gone away, but it was still kind of in its cultural moment. Um, did, were you aware of this connection where you say, okay, I know that Downton Abbey, but also King Tut, or was it, uh, were you enlightened by them when you got in touch with them for the first time? When I, um, obviously when I, the moment I learned that Downton Abbey was a real place, I had been searching for a, I wanted to do a spirit project in the UK. I wanted to go back to the UK and that was kind of my mission. And I had been kind of keeping my eyes open for a magical place to fall in love with. And, uh, and I believe really deeply that any, any liquor brand really needs a home. It needs a terroir. I think a lot of brands don't get that right. You know, they, it has to come from somewhere and have a reason to be. So when I learned that Highclere Castle was the name of Downton Abbey, and then I learned about, you know, Lord and Lady Carnarvon living there and the long history and heritage and their, their you know, hard work that they're doing to keep it alive, I became all the more enchanted. When I went, when I went there for the first time, and then I went back subsequently for like a year, like a lot. Mm-hmm. I learned just there's infinite tales. I mean, Lord Carnarvon and Lady Carnarvon are full of such wonderful stories, and I've just been I've been grateful to to really get to know them and to, and to have forged this partnership because um, there's just so many great little tidbits and things. And so you know, I I think that uh, as I dove into Highclere's heritage, I discovered a million things that fascinated mm-hmm. me. I mean, that spawned the cigar. Mm-hmm. That's our cigar brand, the Heichler Castle Cigar. That that spawned, you know, be, the reason we're a citrus-forward gin is because I walked out of the back of the castle and, like, there's the Victorian-era orangery. I said, let's go let's go orange-heavy, you know? So all the, these little moments kind of came together to create these products to be what they are, including the, the King Tut kind of connection. Now, there's a, a limited supply of these bottles, right? But they're still out there. People they're still for sale on our website, but it will be sold out soon. I, I, okay. I'm going to guess, like, in the next month or two, probably, they'll be gone. Gotcha. Okay. But there's still going to be Highclere Castle gin for people to get that. Always and, and forever, my friend. Yeah. And Dave, I, I know you prepared a few questions here, right? Um, I'm, I'm looking through my questions. I know we're, we're still talking King Tut, so I don't want to jump ahead of anything. Yeah. Um, honestly, it would be jumping ahead of everything. So uh, what else do we have to say about this gin in particular? Uh, are there any more factoids, anything fun that you're... You know, it's just... I think we talked about the bottle last time, so we, we yeah. kind of went into the design... Uh, that you know all the kind of motivation for the design of it. It is really a unique piece, and um, I feel like one of the problems I've heard from from some friends and people is that there's the, the bottle itself is so special people don't want to open it. Mm-hmm. I said, well, we didn't make it for you to put on your shelf. We put it. We made it for you to drink. We want you to enjoy it. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But we are very proud of how like even the gold tone was a lot of work to get that to not look cheesy, yeah. but but rather like a real piece of gold from the from the tomb. So yeah, I mean it's that's it. Did you have any event to to launch this or anything like that? Or well, not really, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, we launched it in the holiday season, mm-hmm. and the holidays in, in in liquor are very intense because everyone's doing really big events and things, and, and everyone's drinking over the holidays. Exactly. Yeah. We also have such a limited supply. Like I'm, I'm never mm-hmm. going to make this again. Mm-hmm. So this was one and done. It was a lot of work to do this. We couldn't really, um, because of how complex it was, we couldn't really maintain that production yeah. consistently and that would be really important to me. So uh, so we just launched it, you know, it was really an e-commerce kind of oriented thing. Mm-hmm. It's really not for sale in many liquor stores. Yeah. Um, maybe a handful of restaurants, but we didn't we didn't do it like we did with our regular high liquor simply because I didn't want to disappoint people. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be, you know, I don't want to be out of product at some point and say, sorry, there's nothing else to be done. So we kept it a little more low key for those in the know mm-hmm. and kind of our our subscribers to our newsletter on our website, like to our social media following. We, we wanted to make sure our diehard fans really had access to as yeah. much as they wanted of it first. Do you feel that this has emboldened you to try new uh, mixes with your High Clear Castle gin? Like uh, 
trying out different recipes or expanding it? Yeah, we're playing around this year. Um, I've got nothing really exciting to talk about yet because okay. nothing's decided. But you have to mix it and figure out what works. And yeah, the whole we're playing with a flavor, a flavor extension that, uh, of course, I'm inspired by the garden once again, mm-hmm. um, and going with maybe maybe a more fruit forward direction, kind of oh, hike okay. there in the summer, kind of thing. So nice. we're playing around with that release. That would be a a regular release later this year. Um, so, you know, we're exploring things. We'll wait and see. And I'm sure the Carnarvons have some input on that as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, one of the things that inspires me about, about about that flavor extension is there was this beautiful flower that was created and named the mm. Lady Carnarvon, a rose, actually, a, a, a species of rose that Lady Carnarvon had a hand in. And this rose won a very prestigious award at a London flower show. And, and, Straight and out it, Down Abbey, like an episode of Down Abbey. I yeah. mean, like really, literally, yeah. like right out of the show. It's like, how yeah. do you, how, like, how does this happen? Um, but like, yeah. So I'm really inspired by this flower, mm-hmm. and I think that flower would be fun to have some fun with with a line extension, a very fruit forward line extension that involves this rose, the Lady okay. Carnarvon rose. So I think that'd be quite fun. That sounds nice. And piggybacking off of that, the heritage of High Clear and the Carnarvons, I believe, is it Lord Carnarvon's father was. The Queen's um, racing horse manager, I don't know exactly, equestrian manager. Apologize if I'm not getting the terms uh, elegant as they should be. Uh, is there any way that we can incorporate Porchy, or you guys can incorporate Porchy, who has such a historical significance to the Queen's favorite hobby? Yeah. Is there a, I know that in America we'd have the Kentucky Derby, which has its signature cocktails. All the sure, races yeah. have their signature cocktails. Yeah. Is there a, a, Porchy cocktail that we can expect anytime soon. Maybe it's a really good idea. Um, you know, we we are the ma- we, we're the main liquor sponsor for some of the race courses around Highclere, like the Newbury Race Course, where some very important races are done. Lord Cadarvin's got you know he is breeding um, horses uh, as his father did and his grandfather did, and they were both racing managers to, to her late Majesty the Queen. So there's a long history of thoroughbred race horsing, uh, horse breeding, and and raising uh, uh, of the ponies and stuff. But um, yeah, I think that'd be a really cool idea. You know, Lord Carnarvon's grandfather, uh, Porgy, you know, he, he, he was a really, really neat guy. He really loved to tell tales. He loved to get into trouble. He was kind of a, he was kind of a, um, he was a little bit scandalous. And, and I think that's, that's really fun. Um, so th- to name a cocktail or craft a cocktail around him, I think would be a really fun and cool idea. So thank you for giving me. Hey, that. You, and you talk about oats. We have oats in yeah. this bottle. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I mean, this will be gone by the time you know your geniuses work on that before Louis gets to make that cocktail. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's, exactly. You know, because thinking about it, Porchy has has worked his way into our because we've also covered the Crown. He's a, obviously a big part in several episodes of the Crown. Right. So it's always uh, super fun to see Downton Abbey meet the Crown meet. Highclere Castle Gin. It's this weird yeah. triangulation of the Lords of Grantham's interests. Yeah, so, yeah, it is a it is a very peculiar one, isn't it? <laughs> well, if, if you do come up with that cocktail, uh, call us and we'll be we'll we'll drink it. Well, that's a done deal, <laughs> absolutely. Well, speaking of cocktails, Renee, do you think we could mix up the next cocktail for them? Because I'd love for them to. Uh, oh yeah, I can't wait for them to taste this one. But you guys did like the barrel aged gin. It's fantastic. Top marks, then. Yes, absolutely. Ten awesome. out of ten. Well, I mean, awesome. I, I like the uh, one thing I will say. Uh, the liquor store that I most go to for my um, IPAs, and I'm usually a beer guy, mm-hmm. uh, has started carrying High Clear. Oh, wonderful. And in what, a situation... Where, where are you? What state? Um, I'm in... We're um, in Stratford. I work in Milford. Got so it. So Connecticut, yes. Here, okay. where we are okay, from. Yeah. Um, and I have found myself buying it when I run out. If I'm going to a friend's house or a, a housewarming, it's a wonderful, uh, here you go. And Because people, I feel like it for us, uh, our generation, it's... I, when I moved out of my parents' house for the first time years ago, I got a bottle of Glenfiddich Scotch, which uh, fantastic, but not my speed, and it's been sitting there for ten years. Oh, you can bring it here next time. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, if I have my friends that, that want it, uh, but the gin, I, I brought it to a friend's, and we were doing gin and tonics. We were watching uh, cool. watching movies, you know. So it it is a wonderful all seasons, all purpose sure. liquor, and I, you know, as this cocktail is being made, I just want to. Thank Sign you. off on Thank that. You. It, it is, High Clear is very approachable. We have a lot of people that are becoming fans of it that thought they didn't like gin mm-hmm. or say they don't like gin because it's so approachable because it's citrus forward. We back down that juniper. 
So it really is a it really is about we want everybody to enjoy it, you know. Yeah. It's the it's the soul of the land around Highclere. It's the soul of the land of Downton Abbey, like yeah. literally coming out of the ground. Like yeah. right there. So what's better than that? And I can co-sign on that because I'm always traveling back here to Connecticut from New York uh, with my backpack on my back, but I'm never bringing alcohol around me. But when I show up at a party, Dave always surprises me with a High Clear Castle Gin bottle. And it's like, oh, I guess we're having a yeah. good time tonight. Oh, good. <laughs> we were at a video game convention uh, a month ago. As you did. And as, as adults do. I mean, more and more. <laughs> and I bought, I bought a bottle. Excuse me. I brought a bottle of High Clear just to do, because like I said, we're up all night drinking, you know, whatever beers we can get our hands on, truly seltzers. And I bought a bottle of uh, High Clear, and we wound up staying up until 2 or 3 in the morning playing games with, with old friends, it was like drinking gin and tonics. And everyone's saying, this is the best gin. And then before you know it, the bottle's empty. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning. We're like, maybe it's time for bed. <laughs> There's no more gin. So <laughs> it is. No other gin would do. The way you mix it and everything came together beautifully. That's oh, yeah. awesome. See, I, I, I love it you sharing those stories because if you think about it high claire is all about memories right making memories and and kind of impacting history and as the show downton abbey really does yes, show yes. and the crown kind of shows it's all about moments and memories and one of the reasons why i'm in the liquor business is that i find that that our products do the same thing right in a very busy world it causes people to sit down have some fun together relax from the stresses of life. Exactly. And so I, I feel like the, the by capturing the spirit of High Claire in, in the gin, we've done that kind of doubled up. It's memories. It's about creating memories. Things people it gives you a story to talk about. It gives you kind of a, a, a connection to the to the to the kind of English landscape even, mm-hmm. you know? And the time it takes to make these things too. You can just feel the history in it as you drink, like, oh, this is taking a while to put together, you know? This is yeah. good. Yeah. Uh Dave, I see you're looking at... I'm, I'm trying to see what's relevant to what we're but, talking about in this moment. But as you're... I mean, you know, just at the scene, though. So we are about to try a, a mixed uh, cocktail that you've, you've put together for us in, in celebration, I think, of, of King Charles. Yes. Because uh, yes. the coronation is this year. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about this, how this uh, came about? Yeah, so, uh, well, obviously, as, as you know, the coronation is going to be taking place in May. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, it's such a special moment. I think King Charles is already doing such a fantastic job. And... Uh, and he's just going to be he's going to be a great king, you know. And yeah. as as his mother was uh, just just such a beautiful human for us to have, um, yeah. uh, you know, on, on the face of this earth while we were alive to to enjoy her. I think he'll be the same. So we really wanted to create something that was that paid homage to him mm-hmm. and his dedication and celebrate his opportunity now to to to, to kind of lead into reign. Yeah. And so um, we came up with this cocktail. My 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 original. I, 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 by the way, like. I make liquor. I am not a great cocktail maker. Thank God I have Renee and the, and the rest of the team. Uh, yeah. um, but I did have a vision for this one that was a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take two of my favorite things and two of the things that I know are King Charles's favorite things, uh, which is gin and scotch whiskey. And I wanted to smash them together because there's not a lot of cocktails where gin and scotch are the two dancers in the, in the drink. Yeah. And and that was kind of a challenge. So I I thought, you know, let's let's find a way to get these two things together. And and, and thanks to Renee and the team, they were able to work with things and and, and tweak some things. So we have or, uh, orange curacao, we have Macallan 12, which is a very approachable, relatively light scotch compared to some heavily peated scotches. Mm-hmm. And we have Hyder Castle gin and a bit of lemon juice. And in that beautiful glass you're holding, um which are some new gorgeous cocktail coupes we got. Um, is a sprig of rosemary just to kind of bring oh, yeah. it back to that earth again. That's nice. Cheers. And so you're. you're this right I just uh, was having a different one, and I'll move to oh, that next. The, the, yeah. yeah, Dave, take a picture of yours while you like. Uh, All right, we're gonna be here for a little bit. Okay, uh, but Renee, I mean, so you helped put this together. Yes. And, and just for some background, you're the chief of staff here yeah. of High Clear Castle Gym. Also, I just like to tinker with cocktails. Yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit more about yeah how you came up with this uh, recipe here? Sure. Well, the team and myself got together mm-hmm. and we played around with a variety of different ingredients and liqueurs. Uh, I think that we went through about five different versions until we settled on one that was a bit approachable, a touch of masculine, a touch of sweet, and a touch of you know, the acidity from the lemon juice. And then the rosemary thing just brings it home with the herbal, you know, flavoring. It's Isn't beautiful. That fun? Isn't yeah. that fun? Yeah. 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 It only took us about five days. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and how much were you thinking, like, would King Charles drink this? Or is this royal? Like, how, yes. how much was that in your thought process? That was 100% in our, in our thought process. And, you know, we were starting to go down a different kind of more fruity 
pinkish road um, that we realized, even though the cocktail tasted very good, um, that's going to be a summer cocktail. It won't be the King Charles. And we, we yeah. came back to, you know, the scotch component, which we thought was very important um, because it just blend. I mean, scotch and gin, who would think to put the two together? But I think once we got the proportions and measurements down, we kind of balanced it out and found a really kind of feminine, masculine, royal-looking cocktail. Yeah, the mission the mission that I really wanted to have accomplished, too, was like, you know, it's fun creating cocktails, right? Grab what you have, play around with flavors. Usually you can get there with a little bit of sweet, a little bit of sour, and, you know, as long as it looks pretty and it's not, you know, brown or something like that, it's going to be a fun cocktail, right? Um, for this one, I, I really wanted a cocktail that could stand the test of time. Like, I, I, I'm, my, my hope is that by breaking the kind of rules and having it be a scotch um, gin cocktail, this will be a cocktail that will that will actually be a classic in 30 years. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah, that, that's yeah. my hope. Like, there's, there's a lot of cocktails that are made. There's not many that are, are made and become kind of classics. They kind of fade with... They got to come and go and fade with the times and the trends and stuff like that. This is a very elegant, mature flavor profile. So it's not like you're not going to land on the beach in Florida and crave a King Charles, right? This is a going out at night. This is you, you and your spouse or partner getting dressed up for an evening of cocktails before the show or before dinner. You're ordering a King Charles because these are the components of the flavor that he loved, uh, that he loves. And it's very, very elegant and mature. And that's what it's supposed to be. And at the same time, looking at this recipe, this is fairly easy to make at home. So if you want to have a cocktail party, that's right. Dress up in in your living room, that's right. This is very much doable. That's the other key thing is like nobody wants to be you know muddling pine cones at nine p.m. <laughs> in their in their in their in their dining room to get their guests cocktails, right? So we had to keep the ingredients very very simple. So it's 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 it, it hit all the things in my checklist for perfection, which is elegant maturity. Um, regal, beautiful, and simple. Now, are you sitting on top of this recipe until the coronation takes place in May, or are you going to be distributing this before then? We're introducing it to some of our best restaurant partners in London okay. and the U.S. Um, to, so the top kind of tier restaurants and clubs will be yeah. featuring this on their menu, but we're going to be unveiling it officially mm-hmm. at a very, very special event. Okay, because I'm, I'm looking at the recipe right now, it's like, I, I don't want to give too many details because I don't want to spoil it or anything like that. Yeah, so. don't spoil it. Yet. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep it. On, we'll sit on top of it. We need to know your thoughts. What do you think? It's amazing. <laughs> this is great. Is King Charles going to drink this? You think? Well, that's funny that you ask. So I can't really speak to that at the mm-hmm. moment, but we've got something very special, very fun in, in the works okay. uh, to that end that would benefit a really, really good cause. Oh, awesome! So I, I, details TBD. Okay. And on that note, last time we were here, we were talking about the Queen Jubilee, her cocktail, her favorite one that she drank at lunch every day, which is wild to me. Yeah. But, uh, every day. That's uh, why she we, lived so long. Do we know if she ever had the High Clear Castle? Oh, gin? she did. Confirmed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she did. And she sent Lord Carnarvon a, a, very, a very kind thank you note. She loved it. That's incredible. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. Actually, when I found that out, I, 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 as sometimes happens, I was, um, I was with Lord, Lord Lena Carnarvon. We were having dinner. Um, you know, at at the castle, and and uh, Lord Carnarvon said it to me in passing. <laughs> like, no big deal. What's yeah. that? Was, that was his godmother, I know, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and so he mentioned it to me in passing. And I said, what, 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 what did you just say? He said, oh, no, like, Her Majesty loved it. She just sent me a very lovely thank you letter. I'm like, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Can, you, can like, we put that on, on our, our like, wall? Yeah, yeah, well, unfortunately, you know, with those kind of things, it's all... It's all about keeping it um, non-commercialized, you know. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. certainly, it was a great honor for us. It was a great honor for me. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That's fantastic! Wow. Yeah. yeah. Little did I know. What a question. Because that could that could go a long way. That kind of promotion, like the Queen loves it. <laughs> Just yeah, funny. yeah. But you, for can, sure. you can't. Of course, you can't. Well, there that, there yeah. are certain ways to do that. I mean, if 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 um, you know a member of the royal household was to order us on a regular basis, mm. um, then we could apply for a royal warrant. Oh, which would allow okay. us to kind of promote that on the bottle, but there's rules around that. I'm not right. entirely familiar. And that takes some work. What they I'm are, sure. some work, and yeah. And in the meantime, it's really just about like those kind of things are fun, I think, and very special. But at the same time, I also think it's about just focus on delivering the best damn gin that's ever been made in the yeah. world, yeah. and just be, you know be about that. And all those things will come naturally if they're meant to be. And you, and you alluded to uh, some event down the line that this you know will take front and center this King Charles. Uh, 
drink here. Is there any other upcoming events that we can look towards here with the Heichler Castle Gin or where you know, you're know you putting it out there? Um, You know, everything that we're doing right now for the rest of the year as it currently stands are private events that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing one next month down in Florida for a bunch of restaurateurs and hoteliers. We're not doing any public things on the docket yet. So uh, stay tuned. And, and people can always check our, our social because we've, we'll have something planned in London for summer and the U.S. here and there. Like we'll have stuff going on. And it's more and more... Uh, Still early in the year, too. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're finding the gin is... Like I said, this it was not at this liquor store that I go to frequently. I would always just kind of brush through the gin aisle to look. Between that and looking for the Guy Fieri tequila, that's, I got to see what I can get. Yeah. You know. So uh, when it started showing up, I was, I was so thrilled because you know I was like, oh, maybe they'll invite us over so we can get a bottle on the way out the door. But thank God this is available now whenever yeah. we're thirsty for it. Right. So... Right. Maybe no public events, but it's popping up more and more and more. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, we're trying. It's definitely, um, listen, we just, last week, we hit over 100 international gold awards. Congrats. So I, I, that was, I think last time we were here, it was what, in the 50s? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, doubled, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, we're, 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 the only reason we're not the number one awarded gin on the planet Earth right now is because we haven't been around for some of the decades that some of the other ones have been, but we're like... To do this all in three years, we're, we're by far the most awarded in the shortest period of time. And, and around the corner soon, we'll, we'll hit that number. And you have goals for this year to expand that, I'm sure. Well, you know, we just we just make sure that we apply to all the most prestigious uh, awards. And the Somali, a lot of the tastings are blind. Yeah. So you've got these people with very professional and highly tuned palates and sommeliers and such. They're putting these spirits in brown bags and pouring them, and we're winning gold, double gold, triple gold, platinum. Wait, wait, like drinking from brown bags at these awards. They're brown bags, so, you know. <laughs> theoretically, I mean, I, I think they're they're elegant white bags in most cases, probably. But they're yeah. out in the back alley right now <laughs> doing a taste test. Exactly. But that's how you know too that the you know the beautiful packaging or the connection, right. you know, isn't no swaying bias. the bias. Exactly. Yeah. It's just based on there's clear room temperature liquid in my glass, mm-hmm. win the awards. You know that kind of thing. So you, you've made this King Charles uh, cocktail here. Are there any other cocktails that you've made recently that you're proud of or you'd like to share with us? Or? Well, yeah, I mean, she, she, so like I, my whole rule was, my whole rule was I want the barrel-aged gin on the rocks, on the rocks, and I drink most of my spirits that way. Um, matter of fact, maybe we can get uh, Henry to kind of explain. <laughs> um, but like, but for this one, one day she's like, let me just try making you a martini, a classic martini with a barrel-aged gin. I'm like, ah, fine, like I'll taste it. So she made this, like I said, with some orange bitters and a little dry vermouth. Very simple, shaking with ice, double strand. And it's a golden, kind of amber golden color. Mm. And I was just like, my God, this is the best martini I've ever had. So now I, I love this. Exactly. Now I'm a little grumpy that we're going to be sold out of this stuff soon. <laughs> we have some for you. <laughs> now, with, with Renee in the room, I have, uh, I have an, something in my head that I'm going to soft pitch to you. Uh, we talked about it last time we were here. Fans of the podcast know January 1st was our five-year anniversary. The oh, podcast congrats. has been on the air yeah. for five years consecutively. That's amazing. No more than a couple weeks off for the holidays. And in my past couple weeks, I've been kicking around the Lords of Grantham gin cocktail. Now, I've not told Corey about this. I kept this under wraps. Now, the mission statement of our podcast has always been combine the sort of Regality of these shows, The Crown, Downton Abbey, sure. Gilded Age, with the sort of average, you know, working class guys that we are. Yeah, American. Sure. sure, yeah, yeah. So I thought about something that we would like, the two of us, lifelong friends, and we're more margarita guys on the whole. So, okay, Renee is too. So this is my pitch for the Lords of Grantham cocktail because I know one of my favorite things about the Heichler Castle social media is the cocktail suggestions. And I'm pitching you, uh, I believe some people call it a martini, but this is a little different. This is the Lords of Grantham gin cocktail. So we got two parts gin, one part triple sec or, you know, orange liqueur, a little tonic, and we're going to keep it in Connecticut, some Newman's own, Paul Newman, Connecticut native, organic limeade. I tried this. Well, I tried. I experimented with a few different things. Unfortunately, not with Heichler because I didn't want to waste it. But in how do we feel about this? Maybe being something that might be okay. Might it might stink? It might be good. What do you think? 
made margaritas with gin. Hi, Claire. And it's fantastic. And, and what goes into that exactly? Uh, lemon. It's always lime juice, mm-hmm. triple sack, mm-hmm. and gin or your tequila. And that's it. Nothing else. No simple syrup. No... What is it, Jose Cuaro mix? Yeah, no, nothing yeah. like this. It's just straight and it's delicious. And to be honest, Highclere Castle Gin also goes really well in a Bloody Mary, believe it or not. Oh. It's the best Bloody Mary like I've ever had yeah. is with the gin. Yeah. yeah. Sur- surprising. Because when you think about the tomatoes with the botanicals of the gin, you think that it might not be a good decision to do that. It is delicious. Delicious. But I but I love, but the, I love idea. the idea. I love the idea of a Lords of Grantham uh, cocktail. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it is important to be honest that you you make it exactly how you want it to be, mm-hmm. and then that'll be the official Lords of Grantham. And and like Renee said, it's called a a, a generita, right? It's a yeah. generita. The new man's yep. is a new. That kind of is, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Keeping it in yeah. Connecticut, yeah. local, you know. Yeah, no, fair enough. By the same token, I'm also just okay drinking High Clear Castle gin because it tastes great on its own. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm simple like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. That's well, right. I, you know, this whole thing stemmed from the fact that last time we were here, we we're celebrating 70 years of the Queen, and let's do something special. So I just thought, you know, this isn't a thing that we're gonna have all Five the time. Of Five years of the, and you know, it's kind of a little bit like uh, you know, at the beach. We're from Long Island Sound, so it's not the prettiest beach in the world, right? But Sometimes you want to sit out there and look, look out the window, you know, yeah. enjoy what you're doing. And have, a, have, have a nice little cocktail that's a, kind of on brand. And I think yeah. something that's on brand with us that would be also, you know, as we always say with the, the Heichler Castle Gin, elegant. It's, right. And you said no um, mix. I, I, I experimented without mix trying to go full on. And then I, you know, I have the mix at home for when. The, the plebes show up yeah. to the house. Uh, you got you to gotta please the fans. And... I, I tried it and it was like, okay, this is good, but it's a little bit too um, Kool Aid y. Yeah. And I know the limeade is going to get that sugar flavor in it. Yeah. Right. You're going to get that sweetness, but you're not going to get that sort of process, which is why, you know, represent old Paul Newman and get yeah, his and limeade in there. I mean, the bottom line, too, with those juices, like with lemon and lime, the flavor mm-hmm. jump from fresh squeezed with a simple syrup, even to sweeten it, versus, or honey, mm-hmm. versus the packaged stuff. It's It's like, it's fast food versus a gorgeous home home cooked meal. You know, it's it's easy to squeeze it, but at the same time, who cares? Yeah. It's all about how you enjoy it. Like it's Newman's own uh, lemonade is delicious, so why not do it? <laughs> now remind me. So Hiker Castle Gin, you started developing this in 2018. Uh, well, the 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 concept was born mm-hmm. in 2015. Okay. Yeah. And when did it first get distributed? Uh, so we launched it in 2019, a few months before okay. COVID. So, but remember, yeah. So for the first year, I kind of spent um, getting to know the Carnarvons and, and, gotcha. and spending time at High Clear. I, I wanted to live and kind of breathe the castle and, and put it yeah. together based on all that. We started our business planning, but then I took a little bit of a detour and we launched the High Clear Cigar. Right. Which well, that was about another year kind of delay because six months of development of the brand and the cigars in Nicaragua. Right. And then and then um you know, releasing it. Now by the way, we we just had our you know, you can see Cigar Aficionado gave us top twenty five in the world there. Oh, awesome. And, and so it's su- super highly regarded as a cigar. And so that own. launched in twenty eighteen or that was twenty seventeen. Okay. Back to development full on in twenty eighteen, wow. which was recipe bottle packaging, all that stuff in 2019 launch. It seems like you're due to celebrate the release of the cigars <laughs> with the five years of it. Oh, yeah, I suppose you're right. Uh, yeah. That would have been like, yeah, we're last just year. We're ideas here. That's why we're here. You know? <laughs> that would have been last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, never, I'm never, I'm good at paying attention to anniversaries and uh, mm. my, my, my wife will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just having a good time with the cigar. I just know? am yeah. going forward all the time, you know? Right, right. Oh, man. Uh, well, Dave, yeah. Well, we already discussed my you know great cocktail that we're going. I love it. Um, I, last time we were here, we talked about the WeFunder and yes. glowing, huge success. If I'm oh, not mistaken, yeah. Yeah. correct? Yeah, absolutely. I looked at the numbers over seven hundred, almost seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, we raised about seven hundred fifty thousand, and that helped to fund our growth. You know, into more. We actually launched Dubai, duty free Dubai. Look at that. We launched a few more U.S. states. We launched Poland last year, which was really cool. Um, so it's helping helped us to grow, but more than that, in a way, it was really fun to have you know hundreds and hundreds of investor shareholders from around the world participate in that, mm-hmm. who are now you know wonderful investors in the brand and, and great brand ambassadors around the world. That's really what it was about as well, you know, equal yeah. parts kind of thing. So that was a lovely uh, closing to that chapter. That's fantastic. I know that was such a 
those sort of crowdfunding campaigns are always a, a dice roll, and to succeed so so much, yeah, must be must be so good for the morale. Like people, you know, so I always I want you to want me, and it seems like here we go, we got it, we got, you know. Over almost three quarters of a million dollars from our fans and people that love us and believe in us. Totally. We, we figured that, you know, our first goal was 50,000. Mm-hmm. And what we thought that that would do is that would engage a few hundred people that would allow us to kind of send them some VIP goodies, which would like cost around $50,000, by the way. Like, and then, you know, just a fun way to engage with our customers and our fans. And then the number just went, we said, okay, wow, we did 50. Maybe we could. Push it to seven fifty, and then, or two fifty, and then, awesome. then went up to like eight hundred. It's fantastic. Yeah. Is there any plans to reopen that in the future? Or are we closed off? No, the vault no. Is that closed. was a great experience. Um, and 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 the last experience of that. That well, I mean, if you get what you need, no <laughs> yeah. need to keep. Yeah, ask. You don't Absolutely. need to beg. Well, it's very complex too. It, it's very complicated mo- uh, model. That whole thing. You have to be very careful about how you do things because you know the SEC. You got to comply. Be very mm-hmm. compliant. There's a lot to that kind of stuff. So it was fun. I'm glad we experienced it. It was the first time doing something like that for me and for for my team here. So we 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 learned. We experienced. For me, all I cared about is the end the end kind of customer, the 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 engaged investor, um, and then all that stuff in the middle. We did there, been there, done that also, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think, was it, well, last time we asked you, like, what are you watching? Are, is there any new shows? Because, you know, we, we're all about watching TV shows here. The Down Abbey, The Crown. Did you watch most recent season of The Crown? Have you watched yeah. Harry and Meghan on, on Netflix? What, what are your thoughts? We don't want to yeah. besmirch anything here, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I thought, um, in terms of The Crown, you know, I thought it lost some steam, to be honest. That's fair. I you felt that... So. It, that's where we are, too. I felt yeah. it was kind of like a um, a montage of random moments. Instead From the of 90s when, that we all remember, personally. Yeah, yeah. instead of a, instead of a, um, a well-thought-out kind of plot line that showed the struggle, mm-hmm. I also felt like they, they took some liberties that when you're, when you're speaking about a family that is obviously still alive and there today, yeah. that had experienced tragedy to that level, mm-hmm. and you start having some fun with the plot line yeah. where the impact and the emotional impact it can have on a family. Right. When you just, when, when, you know, you have to remember that a lot of people unfortunately aren't wise enough to know that what they see on television isn't true. Right. Of course. So I, I I do felt that, that, that that they kind of took some liberties that in my opinion, were not very respectful or or very kind per se. Right. So that was my opinion of The Crown. So I got through about five episodes of <laughs> of that season, good. and my wife and I said, "You know what? This doesn't even seem to. This isn't even even if it was complete nonsense." Well, let's put on Harry and Megan. Even, They're telling the truth. Oh. <laughs> we're kidding. We're kidding. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we went then then we went in that direction, and we gave that a shot. And um, you know, I'll say this much about that: like, again, I'm no expert, and I'm not speaking on anybody else's behalf other than my own. But I I did feel that. Um, you know, my, my my wife is a very loyal kind of Anglophile, right? Mm-hmm. And over the last two or three years, I've had to kind of live much of the Harry and Meghan story through my wife, you know, and, and mm-hmm. kind of hearing her opinions and thoughts and whatever the news is. But I don't pay much attention to that stuff because the way I view a lot of those those kind of things is we just don't know the truth because we're not being told the truth from the people who are experiencing this thing, right? Yeah. So I try to ignore celebrity gossip stuff, headlines and all that. So, if anything, what their show gave me was um, the very real sense of suffering for them. Yeah. Okay, regardless of of how I think that was handled or dealt with, it's not really my business to pose an opinion on that. They're the ones who were living it. It's their family. Do I have some thoughts and opinions? I do, you know, mm-hmm. obviously anybody would. Yeah. Um, and you know, we watch. I watched the show. Uh, you know, and I watched the show. Yeah, their truth is their truth, and let absolutely, them have it. and I respect that a lot. And and I I feel I really do feel for them. I, I the show did open my eyes and made me get a gave me a sense of, um, you know, God, how terrible like that they've had to go through all this stuff uh, f- from the from their perspective of the media hounding them and not being able to find peace and some of the things that were said that were blatantly lied, you know, lies about the media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, yeah. Well, on a more positive note, you were, uh, one of the things you were really looking forward to last time we talked was Stranger Things. Did you watch the most recent season of Stranger Things? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, 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 um, 
It's just, I just I think it's the greatest TV series of, you know I've ever seen. That, Downton Abbey number one, Stranger Things number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'd actually I'd actually agree with that. You know, yeah, I absolutely love that. I will tell I will share with you guys. We found another show that I'm really my wife oh, and boy. I Let's are go. really into. Yeah. In a way, it's even cozier than Downton Abbey. Okay, it's it's Tell even us. it's even a more cozy, warm blanket for a show like that. Yeah. All creatures, great and small. I've heard that about is. that. I've heard that name brought I've up. People it. have suggested that to I me. Mean, it is. It is like if you took Downton Abbey, you took away the kind of upstairs downstairs concept because you're deep out of the countryside. So it's, one it's one floor. <laughs> okay. Everybody's living in this this beautiful countryside of England, circa the same time period, twenties, mm. thirties, and it's it's the story of of a, of a vet vet practice. Which sounds like would someone tell me that it's like okay I think I, I think I'm all set. It is the most charming, warm, beautiful uh, show that I've seen since Downton Abbey. To That's be fantastic. honest, fantastic. Okay, well, and it, what streamer is that on? Um, Apple? No, we had to buy that. I think it's um, well, I think it's the PBS network. You have to buy okay. it through PBS. Okay. To be honest, it feels a lot like Downton Abbey. Like you, you literally would think that. You would literally think it was Julian Fellows, and this is the same universe. But let's like let's go like five. Let's go like 180 miles north. <laughs> okay, that's literally what it feels like. Yeah, and yeah, looping this all back, Corey, what talked about last time we asked you what you were watching. No, and we found that out. Um, what, what what another thing that we always start our podcast with to loop this back to what we do in the podcast is we always start our episodes with some sort of relatively contemporary song that relates to the episode. Now. We, we just talked Stranger Things. Obviously, that has that Kate Bush song. Everyone that, you know, the most money she's ever made in her life was because of Stranger Things. Is there a High Clear Castle Gin office anthem? Now, I ask this because you posted a video on your YouTube account that was like an introduction to the staff. And I think one of the things that you've talked about in the past that we've discussed is, is you're very real humans. And this was a video that was very kind of silly and fun and relatable and made you think like I know this guy at my office and you're you're kind of busting chops. Is there a Friday at four forty five jam that comes on at the High Clear Castle office that everyone says, We're going into this room that we're in now. We're gonna light up a stove. We're gonna pour ourselves, you know, a King Charles cocktail and we're gonna let loose. Yeah. It's a great question, but um I, I can't tell you that there is one anthem. I mean, we are very Yeah, Renee's thinking. <laughs> that I DJ and I mix it up depending on our moods and our variety of music. We love so many varieties of music that it depends on our mood. Yeah, we're we're a, we're a very we're a very very musical office. Yeah. Mm. So like like we'll, like I'll be blasting like opera or classical in here. Like some days we're listening to like gangster rap or <laughs> or Renee should, loves yeah. her electronic music and she knows all these really cool oh, electronic DJs oh, like yeah. house music. So we'll play some of that. Sometimes it's just like, sometimes it's like '90s rock or some country, like well, Melissa's country. Sometimes feeling. we jam out on reggae, yeah. but but we like music is almost always playing in this office. Like we're always jamming out. So do you have a song though that you're feeling today, right now, like in this moment? You know, there's this really cool song that um, I was just exposed to this last weekend, and I really really like it. Yeah. Um, you know, I know like Miley Cyrus kind of has been a little bit crazy over the years sure. and stuff, but she's got this really raspy, soulful voice that I just love. And she came out with this song called Flowers. Yeah. And I'm like kind of hooked to it. I've been listening to remixes of That's it. A big song. And it's just a really cool song. Like it's yeah. have you heard that yet, Renee? I've been meaning to play it for it's you all week. Up, so, you know, it's it's good for that purpose too. And yeah. It's a really cool song. But that's yeah. that that would be the song right now that I'd pick. You're feeling oh yeah, yeah, you feel a little loosey goosey. Yeah, yeah. Put it on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. Okay, well that's that's a well noted. Um I've listened to that about a handful of times. I work in a school, so I'm dealing with a lot of uh, kids and yeah. contemporary. That it's easy to get get uh, that kind of stuff going. It's definitely a pop a pop jam for sure, but it, it just got in my head, and I think it's pretty catchy. That's good. That's good. Uh, before we wrap up, one thing that we always touch on when we're here: we are in Essex, Connecticut. What's the, what town are we in exactly? Yeah, we're in Essex. Um, that's Connecticut. Corey and I, born and raised in Stratford, Connecticut, about 45 minutes from here. Uh, and one thing that we try to do is kind of instill, like, we Connecticut's pretty cool. A lot of people don't give it a good... Not that uh, bad. Not that bad. Uh, you're a family man. You have a family in Connecticut. Uh, 
do you have any endorsements? Any High Clear Castle? Like, hey, this is a cool thing to do in Connecticut with or the family. You, or you as a man. Any, any uh, holes in the wall that you like? I know we've talked food in the past. Yeah. Um, any, any recommendations you can make to... To sell our listeners, hey, maybe come visit. Maybe you get a Lords of Grantham live show going Go sometime. Absolutely. My, my favorite thing about Connecticut is that Bradley International Airport's about 45 minutes north of us. So oh, okay. we can actually head out of town. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah. Like, have you had the New Haven no, pizza? I'm teasing. Listen, uh, New Haven pizza, forget about it. It's amazing. Like, I really like this area where we are right now. This is where the Connecticut River meets the sea. Mm-hmm. The the village of Essex where I live is right out of a storybook. It's like a like people say, oh, it's like a Hallmark movie, but like we've literally got like three Hallmark movies yeah. filmed right here. The town of Chester, like Mystic, Mystic Aquarium, downtown yeah, Mystic fantastic. for shopping, Mystic Seaport. Yeah. These are things that like we bring a lot of people in from out of town, colleagues and things. One of my colleagues is from Detroit. I invited him to come with his children to stay in Essex Village. Mm-hmm. And he thought they'd be bored. They're asking to return for vacation this summer. That's awesome. It's no Cape Cod. It's no Martha's Vineyard. It's no, you know, it's not quite as uh, much touristy things to do. But, but if you look for things. I feel like culture is bleeding into all of these areas of 100%, Connecticut. 100%. Now, uh, if you get Lord Carnarvon out here, I think you're going to need to take him and do the pizza tour sometime. Actually, I brought him to Sally's Pizza in New Haven. Hey, fantastic. Oh, yeah. And what, what were his thoughts on the... I absolutely loved it. Okay. Well, I next, mean, it, pizza's not the same in the UK. It's nothing like we have well, here. Well, the, the water. It's the water. It's water and all that, yeah. 100%. Well, next time he's around, give us a call. We'll, t- we'll do Peppy's, we'll do Modern, we'll do Bar. You'll take, you can take him on a pizza tour. That's then. great. That's fantastic. A um, few more questions. One very simple question. We asked our uh, patrons on Patreon, the subscribers that you know join an ele- a, a club, a special club, uh, if they had anything to ask for you, most of them said, we trust you, do this. Our very first patron, a uh, longtime fan named Estelle from Australia. Mm. She loves what we do. She loves all the shows. Uh, she wants to know if it's gluten-free. Can someone who has a gluten allergy drink Heichler Castle Gin? The answer is yes. You hear that, Estelle? That's fantastic. Yeah, so, <laughs> so in the distillation process, all spirits that are distilled, distillation can't carry gluten with it. Gluten can't be turned into a vapor mm. with spirits and then and then be condensed back to liquid again. So the only the only way you wouldn't be able to drink a liquor is if they've added sugar or things to the spirit after it's done. Yeah. Our our hydrocastogen is is very pure. It's right from the still, then mixed with water. So there's no gluten in it. Fantastic. Well, that's the that's the one question and one little thing. And I know I don't know how often you get this. This is just a little thing for us. Last time we were here, we talked about uh, a little thing called Living Proof. Oh, yes. A book you wrote, and we got a copy, and we'd love it if you would sign it for us. Of and course. We have that. Uh, we brought a Sharpie. You might have a nicer one here, but we wanted to do that as we're going off because uh, Corey went to a reading by Hugh Bonneville. I did. Lord so, Grantham. Oh, yes. and so yeah. now we have in uh, the Lords of Grantham Library, which is like all Downton Abbey cookbooks and stuff, right. we have the Hugh Bonneville book autographed by Hugh Bonneville. And it's now. Lords of Grantham. Yeah. To the Lords of Grantham, now we are going to have the Adam Von Gukin Living Proof. Yeah. Which, Collecting signatures. Yeah, we're, 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 we're not going to flip this on eBay. This Trust worth, us. This is going to be worth $5 more. After oh, hey, hey. So, okay. Some people argue, you know, some people say the signature takes it away. You know, a yeah. couple values. We, we just put it towards more High Clear Castle Gin. Yes, exactly. Just know that. Yeah, yeah. I'll go back to you. We're big fans of the, you know, of what you guys are doing. And it's fantastic to be able to. Be involved with your brand and uh, thank you for us. yeah, thank you for having us. We'll we'll wait till you sign it. To we're gonna kill some time here. He is very focused. This is going to be the best in script. I think we were the first people to interview Adam, if I'm not mistaken, in 2019. One of the first people. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. For this brand, we were we were here. We were one of the first. We were the first people to to smoke your second blend of cigar, and we were the one of the first people to see the bottle in. You know, one of the first pedestrians to see the bottle. Yeah, we launched August or September uh, 2019, and you guys were in around... Right around. We were... Uh, yeah, that's July, July yeah. Because yeah. Sips and Wickets was like... Yeah. You had an, an event about a month after what yeah. we had come to visit. But, no, thank you for having us and everything. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, donating an hour of your time. We really appreciate it. And, yeah, I mean, you have so much going on here with the... the barrel-aged gin that you have right here for uh, King Tone Common. And you, of course, you got Hiker Castle Gin going on and the cigars. 
thank you yeah. for having us. Well, we, we love having you a part of the journey and your listeners too. I think you guys do a great job. They love really, once again, congratulations on the five years. That like doing anything consistently for five years is hard. Oh yeah. So I really appreciate that you guys have been consistent to your listeners, and obviously they they've appreciated the, the journey that you bring them on, the discussion, the guests that you've had. So I, I you're always welcome here, like I say, for a drink, and uh, keep living keep living the the hike their way. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah.